0: Hello and welcome to the final recess episode of The School Year. These are short episodes that are meant to bring you some laughs in between the longer shows. This week, we're going to continue our conversation we started last week, where we answered some listener mail. But before we get into that conversation, we have some news. First of all, we're going to take a summer break from the podcast. Don't worry, we'll be back in August. That's right.
1: But with vacations and home improvement projects, it's clear that scheduling time for us to chat will be much more difficult throughout the summer months.
0: We also want to use the summer to prepare ourselves for the next school year. With Chad starting football and me with forensics, we want to make sure we have everything well planned before we enter the melee of the beginning of the school year.
1: We're going to be planning out a schedule of shows and topics. So if you have ideas you'd like to hear us discuss, send them our way on Facebook or through email. We will also be posting some retakes or reruns of previous episodes throughout the summer to keep your interest peaked.
0: Our second piece of news has to do with the recess episodes for the upcoming season. In short, there will be fewer of them.
1: Our original intent was to release a full episode every two weeks, and that's it. But then we had extra ideas and little thoughts that we wanted to include, so we started doing the recesses.
0: But then we got more busy throughout the year and the recesses, While fun, we're putting us a bit behind the eight ball when it came to our deadlines
1: We will continue to do the recesses, but not on such a regular basis Every once in a while, they'll just pop up in your feed, like a fun bonus Finally, we're famous! Well, sort of The Virginia Journal of Education found out about us and wrote a little blurb in their June edition If you'd like to read what they said, do a Google search for Virginia Journal of Education Look for the June edition, then look on page 27 of the PDF Or just head on over to our Facebook page at SchooledYaPod and look for the link we posted.
0: Okay, Chad, that's enough news. Let's answer some reader questions.
1: You got it, buddy.
0: All right, so this one comes from Barbara. What's the funniest gift a kid has ever given a teacher? Have you got anything, Chad?
1: Well, I think she's posing this question for our listeners as well. I'd love to hear people comment on this one. You know, it's funny, Clint. I don't know about you. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm a jerk. But as high school teachers, I don't get hardly any gifts. It is very rare to get a gift. Compared to my mom, who taught first grade for many years, was like, you know, the last days of school was coming home with bags of things. I can't think of anything that I've ever received that was very funny or memorable.
0: Right. I've gotten a lot of jars of homemade hot chocolate around Christmas time. Right. Uh, I've gotten a lot of candies and those kinds of things. And and occasionally kids will give you gift cards, which is amazing. Yeah. And really, really generous. I'm always appreciative of kids that'll do that. The funniest thing that I've received personally is we had a family in our district back in S who every Christmas would bake cakes for like every teacher of her Mm -hmm. students and then also for teachers of her children in years past. So she would make like 50 cakes a year and they were these chocolate cakes, but they were full of vodka. Like she made them with a ton of vodka. I don't know how much money that costs, but the cakes were really, really moist and they were delicious, but it almost felt like I was being guilty if I ever ate a slice at at school. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like, I don't know if this is legal. I shouldn't eat
1: this cake and drive.
0: Yeah, that's right. But the funniest one I've ever heard of Is actually from my wife Uh, When she was in elementary school She had a teacher whose name was Mr. Barney And they called him Mr. Brownie Because his wife would make homemade candy And he had like a closet of homemade candy That kids would get as prizes So he was super cool And my wife thought he was just the best teacher ever And one day while she was walking to school She saw a little painted piece of wood That had like a house painted on the outside of it (laughs) lying in the gutter on the uh-huh. side of the road. And she was like, Mr. Brownie would like this. And so she picked it up and gave it to him. Well, that's sweet. It's funny because, you know, she was in fourth grade. So it's not like she was a kindergartner. So she was smart right. enough to know that it was kind of a dumb gift. And she sort of was like giving it to him as, haha, here's a gift. Here's something I got out of the gutter. Uh-huh. But she told me today as I was writing this up and making sure I had the, the details right. She was like, you have to say that he was our favorite. We, okay. didn't. we weren't doing it to be mean. It sounds like we were right. being mean, giving him garbage. But Piece of garbage. We meant it. it. We thought he would like it.
1: I bet he did. Sometimes it's just the thought that counts. That's right. All right. Well, this one's from Austin. Austin writes, Who was your favorite teacher from high school days? What class did they teach? What about them, personality or teaching style? Did you like, and do you think you resemble the way they taught you? What do you think, Clint?
0: My favorite teacher in high school was a woman named Mrs. Magnuson, and she was fantastic. She was my 11th grade English teacher, and she taught me English, and I understood symbolism for the first time in her class, and I got to be a much better writer than I was at the beginning of the class. But what she did that was really impressive to me is that she cared about me as a person, And she noticed Uh when I was having kind of a hard time because I think a lot of junior aged boys go through a rather rebellious and angsty stage. And uh, she talked to me and was and would listen and kind of gave me some some tricks to deal with the problems that I was dealing with and kind of helped me turn myself around. And she was really the reason I wanted to become a teacher in the first place. She moved away after my junior year, but she came back for our graduation and uh, that's cool. And she got to read my name as I received my diploma. She read my name and that Clint Hill will be attending Oregon State University in the fall to pursue a degree in English education. And that was a pretty proud moment. So I don't know that I live up to all that Miss Magnuson did for me, but that's definitely what I'm trying to do.
1: You know, my favorite teacher in high school was, was probably a woman named Mrs. Mayer. She taught like computer graphics, which is not something I do now or I am into. Um, It wasn't really the content that, well, I loved it at the time, but it wasn't something that like inspired me to do what I do now. She was just a lot of kind of like how you described your teacher. Just she was very caring, very nice. We had a really good rapport. Just a really, really nice woman. And um, I just enjoyed taking her classes. And so, you know, when I think about some of my most favorite teachers and when we get into this later, I I think more back to middle school and elementary school and the ones who really kind of inspired me to become a teacher. And and then great question from Austin about, do you think you resemble the way they taught you? I can definitely say the caring part, I would hope, uh, from Mrs. Mayer. But, you know, I think the way we teach is so much just our personalities and who we are as people. Good questions, Austin. Thank you.
0: Okay, so we got another two-part question from Maddie, one that's a little bit silly and one that's a little bit more serious. Uh, She says, I'm curious about... A, what they call JoJo's in, she put North Carolina, but I assumed that she meant Virginia where I am. She said, because I got a lot of flack for calling them potato wedges in Astoria. She came from Texas, I'm pretty sure. This is the same Maddie that I was thinking of. And I did a poll and I posed them this question. Okay, so you go to a gas station and you go into the little quickie mart and they've got fried chicken and then they've got potatoes chopped up and deep fried but they're not French fries. What do you call those potatoes? And almost everybody called them potato wedges. One person just said, I think I would call those fries, but pretty much everybody called them potato wedges. When I lived in Oregon my whole life, I called them JoJo's. Right, me too. And when I told people here that they were called JoJo's, every single one of them laughed in my face. That's funny. So I think that that may be unique to us.
1: But if someone here called it a potato wedge, I wouldn't think that was weird. Really? No, yeah. I mean, I could, I've, I've heard that as well. But they are definitely okay. called JoJo's. I bet if I stopped at the Mini Mart on the way home today um, and, and saw them, they would say JoJo's.
0: Uh, but the second half of her question says, Whether y'all think relying solely on pass, no pass, and doing away with letter grades could reduce or eliminate cheating. Um, in a word, no. I think that there would still be people who would want to just pass and not worry about, well, I only have to get, you know, 70% right, and I'll pass, and that'll be good enough. I do think that there could be some systemic changes to how we do things, but I don't think that just going to a pass-no-pass would really make that big of a difference.
1: I think the point you brought up in the episode where we talked about cheating, the example you gave with teachers doing, you know, online trainings and stuff, where those are, like, very low standards for passing, like a lot of times it's yeah. like, you got to get like six, 60% or better or something. And the standard just lowers, but you're still, you're still borrowing ideas and answers. So right. I don't know if it would, I mean, I have a lot of philosophies and theories about grades and how we can make them better. And I think that will be a great uh, full episode topic, but I would agree with you. I, I think in a, in a, the short answer is no, I yeah. don't think it would help.
0: Cool. Well, thanks, Maddie. This one comes from Meredith, and she says, I'm an educator, and I'm considering taking a summer job that will have me working alongside high school students. Is that weird?
1: Uh, I mentioned in our Side Hustle episode that I did work a couple summers at a candy store or a candy shop, and those two summers I did spend time working with students that attended the school I taught at. It's a little bit odd, but I think if they're the right kids and if you, you know, are able to kind of maintain, you know, hey, I'm your teacher, at least during the school year and you're a student relationship and it, it, you, you don't become buddies, uh, I think it's probably OK. The other thing I would say is I think it kind of depends in terms of how weird it's going to be. I think it kind of depends on the type of work you're doing. If you're doing adult level work. If you found a job where, you know, the majority of people that work there are adults or that um, it is a regular occurrence for a person over the age of 21, perhaps to be doing it. And if high school students are joining you, I think that's maybe a little less weird than if you are doing work that is primarily done by 15 to 17 year olds and you are kind of joining them in their world. At least for me, I would not do that.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I think it would be tough if a student had, let's say, worked there previously and you're coming on as summer help and they're kind of your supervisor. Yeah. that could get a little awkward but uh, I've done a lot of things with students outside of school in not necessarily paid work types of situations but where you are you know volunteering and for the same organization or whatever and those kinds of situations even if a kid knows more than you do as long as you are respectful of them and you make it as fun as you can and you do your job it sometimes can really make a an awesome connection it sort of depends on the situation i guess but it doesn't have to be weird it right. could be weird in fact it might 90% of the time be weird but if you go into it with the right attitude and you've got the right kids that you're working with I think it'll be fine absolutely good question Meredith
1: And with that, we wrap up our first season of Schoolja.
0: We sure are grateful for all of you listeners, and especially everyone who posted a review on Apple Podcasts. You've made a huge difference in our listenership and notoriety.
1: Please keep the mail coming. We want to hear from you and make sure that we are giving you the content
0: that you're interested in and find enjoyable. Send your messages to schooljapodcast at gmail.com or find us on Facebook and Twitter at Schooljapod. You can also follow me on Twitter at Seahill Astoria.
1: You can find me on Instagram at Chatterboxes. And if you happen to be in Astoria this summer on a Sunday, stop by my booth at the Sunday Market. Mention that you're a listener to the show and receive a 10% discount on your first pre-made item.
0: As always, we want to thank Corey Logan for our logo design and my wife Nikki for the theme music. We couldn't have done this without you both.
1: We also want to give our families a big shout-out for being patient with us as we started this adventure, encouraging us when things got tough, giving us constructive criticism, and putting up with the awkward recording sessions and the hours of editing. Emily, Daphne, Griffin, Luca,
0: I love you guys. Nikki, Ty, Misha, and Sarah, y'all are the best. Thanks for everything you do for me. I love you like crazy.
1: And to the rest of you, thanks for listening.
0: See you in August.